Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus. With producer Sana Marie. Each week, I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally Effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose the highs and lows of their pursuits, and how through their passion, they are moving the culture forward. Be sure to follow Verbally Effective and Ina Esco on Instagram. Also, download the Verbally Effective podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to check out the website and submit to be a guest at verballyeffective.com. I'm Doc Holliday, sports director at ABC 24, Local 24. I'm here with Ina Esco on the Verbally Effective Podcast. Hey, it's your girl Candice Rice, a.k.a. Pimp Fry Rice from MTV's Floor Bama Shore, and I am on Verbally Effective with Ina Esco. Megan Motley is a native of Memphis, Tennessee. She is a single mom, entrepreneur, daughter, sister, friend, and cheerleader to all. She is currently building a cookie empire, Goodness Gracious Cookies Incorporated, and recently launched a line of frozen cookie dough available at the Curb Market in Memphis, Tennessee. She recently became an empty nester after launching her daughter off to Emory University and now plans to travel and share her business and solo parenting experiences with others. She has over 10 years of writing and editing experience, five years of social media management experience, nine years of teaching experience, and 18 years of parenting experience. Megan wears many hats, but prides herself on taking time to reach back to those who are still trying to discover their purpose. Verbally effective, your double E, Ina Esco. Hope you guys are doing well during this COVID-19 season. I just want to thank all of you for listening to the Verbally Effective podcast. And today I have with me a beautiful young lady who I've been knowing for quite some time. She is an entrepreneur. She is a wonderful motivational speaker as well. She's been in the teaching business for years. Her name is Megan Motley, and she is joining us today for Verbally Effective. How are you, Megan? I am lovely. I am lovely. Thank you so much for joining me for Verbally Effective today, Megan. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yes, ma'am. So let's get it popping. First question, what part of Memphis are you from, Megan? I am from North Memphis. Grew up in the Frazier area and moved slightly to the Raleigh Frazier, Raleigh area, so that is where I'm from, North Memphis. North Memphis. Now, mm-hmm. yes, look, I, you know me and you know each other from Raleigh, Egypt back right. in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I think we took uh, honors English together, didn't we? That sounds right. 
Yes, yes. Look, look, trying to dig into that memory uh, on what specific class we were in. Right. But I do Mm -hmm. remember you from Raleigh, Egypt, my Mm -hmm. 11th grade year. So, Megan, tell us what type of activities you were involved in when you were at Raleigh, Egypt. Let's see. I was in a number of activities. Anything to keep from riding the bus home. I was involved, so I played golf, I was in, um, we had this club for young ladies called SSS, it was like a service organization for young ladies, I was like the president of United Way, Um, I was on the flag corps, I was a manager for the basketball team, I did so many things in high school. Yes, very busy, very busy. Now, let's talk about your family for a minute. Now, do you have any siblings? I do. I have an older sister, Tori, and an older brother, Jerry. And I'm the baby. You're the baby. Okay. I am the baby of the family. (laughs) Are you guys still close? We are. We are very, very close. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. So, when you graduated from Raleigh, Egypt, what Mm -hmm. were your plans then? your major at U of M? I majored in, uh, for undergraduate, I did journal, I did English, and um, with a concentration in professional and technical writing, and I minored in journalism, and then that wasn't enough, so I decided to go (laughs) back (laughs) and get a master's degree in, um, in journalism. Wow, yeah, you are an exceptional writer, Megan. I, I know Thank that for you. sure. I know that for sure. Now, when you graduated from the University of Memphis, what did Megan mm-hmm. do? I started out working at a local magazine because I really um, had a lot of interest in in doing more with my writing. I was beginning to see that I'm really good at this, and what can I do? with this so magazines were a big big thing um, at that point so I started working for um, a bunch of local publications whether I was on staff or whether I was a freelance writer um, or a copy editor in some some type of way so I did that for a couple of years for a few local publications okay okay mm-hmm. so at that point in your life, Megan, I, I know that you are an entrepreneur. What was your first entrepreneurial step? It was, so I ended up, once I had my daughter, I ended up going into education because the magazine industry is, I always say it's like the medical industry. Like, you're, if there's a story that happens, you, you got to get on it. So it was a very busy industry. So when I became a parent, I wanted to slow down just a little bit. So I went into education. And the thing about being an educator is your day is done at 2.15, 3.15. So I had all this extra time. And 
I was like, I still want to do a magazine. I still had that journalism itch. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to launch my own publication um, because I wasn't seeing enough um, positive light being shed on a lot of the people um, in the city. So I wanted to create a publication that would spotlight men and women and kidpreneurs even that were doing amazing things here locally and on a national level. So I launched um, Divine Magazine. So that was my first um, entrepreneurial baby, so to speak. Wow. Wow. I remember Divine Magazine. Mm -hmm. And you had Divine Mm -hmm. Magazine for quite some time, right? For about 10 years. And it's still still available out there um, in those social media spaces. Um, But it it lasted for about 10 years. We moved even through the the era where things were beginning to go digital. Yes. And so I started pulling back a bit from doing a paper publication and moving more to um, a digital platform. So we did that for a number of years. We launched and branched out to other cities, including Nashville. So it did well. It did very well. Wow. Now, you were teaching when you mm-hmm. started Divine Magazine. How did you balance mm-hmm. the two? It was hard. I think, you know, when you're called to do something, it doesn't necessarily feel like work. Um, I, you know, I got off at two, would go home and make sure my daughter was good, and then I would be up sometimes burning the midnight oil when it was time to go to press and uh, when it was time to get a a lot of stuff done. So it was hard, but it wasn't, you know, that difficult because I loved it. I loved and especially being in a position to shed light on what someone else was doing and the joy that it brought them. It it made all the hard work worth it. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Now, with Divine Magazine, what were some of your, I guess, biggest interviews or best memories from Divine Magazine? Hmm. One of my best memories, um, I have an affinity for kidpreneurs. So I remember being able to feature Mosiah Bridges when mm-hmm. he was just getting started. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that's one of my most memorable things. And now he has gone on like to build a bow tie empire. Yes. So um, um, Jekylin Carr was another young lady who was up and coming in the, um, the Christian and gospel community. Her dad was working so hard to launch her career. And I was able to spotlight her at the very beginning of her year. She's another young lady that has gone on to do amazing things. Um, I had an article um, that was written by, he he's over this organization called Downline. His name is Kenan Vaughn. And he wrote an article about dream killers. Mm. And to date, like that was the one of the best articles that I remember in my publication because I was doing a lot of inspirational pieces, mm-hmm. but I always think about what about that person who's not feeling inspired? And um, one of my team members helped me to get in touch with him and let him know what we were trying to do. Like, let's speak to the person who's struggling, who feels like they're not going to 
do some of the things they want to do, they're not going to accomplish their goals. And he just nailed this article about how to deal with dream killers. Yeah. Um, so, you know, those were some of my my best memories with that publication. Amazing. Now, Megan, I know that, um, you know, you are a single mother. You are a major advocate for single mothers out here, and you are very involved with your daughter. Now, tell me about, you know, why is it so important for you to speak for and, you know, uplift single moms? Because it is doing the job of two as one and um you need the support you need the encouragement and the support i mean on every level yeah. financial spiritual um and you you just need support on so many levels and another single mother can understand each of those areas not better but we just get it and yeah. I'm just so passionate about letting single mothers know you can do it. Even on the toughest days, you know, you're going to make it. Everything is it's like a season, even like this pandemic that we're in. Mm-hmm. It, it's just for a season. You know, it's going to pass. And so if I can, you know, be that example to a single mother, whether it's balancing you know, being a mother and being an entrepreneur, if I can show a single mother, you can do it. You know, so often we feel like you have to be at a certain point or a certain age or have a degree or have this or that. We have so many, you know, excuses for why we don't do something. I certainly don't want a single mother to think I can't do something because it's just me. Mm-hmm. You can. You have, you know, you have a community of people that, that can uplift you and can cheer you on. Um, during those difficult seasons yes yes now you know we are all on social media uh, mm-hmm. and have been for quite some time and I feel like I know your daughter um, as far as <laughs> you know your updates on Facebook how is your daughter mm-hmm. doing these days she's doing well um, she is now a freshman at Emory University Wow. So she um, she just makes me so proud. Um, she's done above and beyond everything I've asked of her. Um, so she's doing well. She's majoring in international studies and hmm. double majoring, rather, international studies and Japanese. And she's still figuring some things out and trying to decide whether she's going to add some things to to her plate, but she's volunteering and um, she's just really digging her feet into to her new home there in Atlanta. And I'm just I'm extremely proud of her. So she's doing amazing. Yes, yes. Now you mentioned that she's a freshman at Emory. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. when all of this, you know, COVID nineteen hit, she had to come home. How was she affected? Uh-huh behind COVID-19 how how did that affect her life as a freshman in college it definitely turned her world upside down she had to return home and um, immediately go into this virtual distance learning situation Mm -hmm. and classes are tough at Emory 
when it's face to face. So classes were extra tough when now, you know, she's having to suddenly go into a different situation. But things have smoothed out over um, the course of the week. Because one thing I can say about the professors, they are very um, helpful and available to the students to help them to navigate through. Because I, I feel like it was tough for everybody, even the professors. And I was able to, you know, give her that aspect. Like, I'm a former teacher, so understand they are trying to figure it out, too. Right. Um, so it was an adjustment, but she is um, getting ready to wrap up this semester's classes in the next couple of days and prepare for exams. So Right, right. We are all adjusting right now. And I I know at one point in your life, you made a huge pivot, Megan. You made a huge pivot (laughs) with goodness gracious cookies. Mm -hmm. Now, how did that come about? Exactly how you you said it. I went from the magazine to doing um, communications um, for different businesses and things like that. I did resumes and social media for, for hundreds of businesses for about five years and was doing that very well. And my daughter at the age of 14 decided she wanted to go on a mission trip to Japan. And she had been studying Japanese since sixth grade. Mm. So at that time, I said, okay, this is a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I have to make this happen for her. So I've always been a baker, but between a magazine and managing social media pages for businesses, I hadn't baked in years. So we had planned all these fundraisers. And the first fundraiser we did, it totally flopped. And my daughter just looked devastated. Mm. And I was like, oh, Lord, I got to make this happen. So I said, well, well, Caitlin, I'll just bake some cookies and we'll recoup what we would have made from the fundraiser and we'll get back on track. And so the backup plan became the master plan because in less, because she had to raise like $3,500 in two months. Mm. We had a very short period of time to raise what she needed to go on that trip. So, started baking, and in less than two, in less than eight weeks, we had raised over five thousand dollars. Wow! Amazing! Yes. So it, it was a modern day miracle. <laughs> yes, you said it, that it backup plan was. became the main plan. Yes, it sure did, and um, from there. Once, once we were able to get her on the trip, people were texting me and inboxing me and calling and, what are we supposed to do about our cookies? And I was like, guys, I hadn't thought that far ahead. I was just trying to get her to Japan. <laughs> right. It wasn't like a plan to start a business at all. Mm. But that's how it um, happened. And right before... Um, I made the decision, I had gotten a big order from Nike. Mm. They ordered 4,500 cookies. Wow. Because I was like, Lord, if you want me to do this, you got to show me that this is what you want me to do. Like, I I was just not convinced. Mm. And um, 
when I got the call for that order, that was my sign, like, this is, this has great potential, go for it. And so I went ahead and did the paperwork and Goodness gracious, cookies was born. <laughs> wow. And it's still it, operating. It is still operating. Three years later, uh, it's still rocking and rolling. I still do fundraisers for people because I understand what it's like to want to do something. And you have this astronomical number to help you to fund it. So mm-hmm. I continue with the fundraisers, and um, it has still been going on um, all these years later. Wow. Now, when you received that big, huge order, I mean, I, did you have to get some assistance with filling that I order? Did. <laughs> I did. I had to call on my family because, mind you, I didn't have anything in place. I had been doing all the baking and packaging and delivering during the fundraiser. So I really didn't have a team. Mm-hmm. So I called on my family, my daughter and her friends, cousins, sisters, everybody mm-hmm. was helping. So it took us like seven, 14-hour days to get those done. Wow. Yes, yeah. yes. So we, we got it done, and once I finished, I was like, I can do this. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I, there's no doubt in my mind that I, you know, can't can't have a, a cookie business if I can do four thousand five hundred cookies. <laughs> For real. Now, how did you come up with the name "Goodness Gracious Cookies"? Great question. So I have been baking since I was a teenager, and when I would share the cookies, especially when I got to college, I would share the cookies. Um, with my family, people's reaction to the cookies would be, you know, all these different reactions. And so I thought, how can I put that into a name? There are some of the reactions that I would hear. And so I was like, what's a proper way to say, dang, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) So I came up with goodness gracious, and it stuck. And I had no idea that it would be such a, a uh, popular name or a name that will resonate with so many people, but um, but it's a really it's a really cool name. It gets great feedback all the time. Yes, it is. It really is. <laughs> okay, so you know, with the impact of COVID nineteen, how mm-hmm. has it affected Goodness Gracious Cookies? Um, in in a I won't say a major way, but in a in a way, because my daughter, when she came home, she has asthma, so I didn't want to put her at risk at all, because I remember hearing on the news, you know, certain people are more susceptible, so I thought, okay, let me just pause for a minute and just kind of see what's going to happen with this pandemic. And so once it started getting more and more serious and they ordered the stay-at-home um, order, I said, okay, yeah, let me just put everything on, on pause. So I temporarily stopped production. Um, I didn't want to put my daughter at risk. I didn't want to put myself at risk. I didn't want to put the public at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just paused everything, not knowing how long I would put it on pause. And I just prayed, like, God, show me 
what to do at this time. I don't want to lose my customers um, or anything like that. And God put it on my heart, do a a, a baking class for kids. Hmm. And I thought, that's a great idea. You know, I have a, a background. Once a teacher, always a teacher. Yeah. You know, you understand what children need when you've worked in a classroom. Because um, I actually taught for four years at Raleigh Egypt Middle. So I went back to, you know, where I started. Mm. And so when you work in a classroom, you know what kids need and how much of a relationship you have with kids you're seeing every day during the school year. And so for kids to have to all of a sudden be at home all day, every day. Yeah. I thought, and then I saw parents on social media like, this is hard. I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. So then that part of me, you know, I started pulling in my heartstrings right there. Like, how do, how can I help parents? So I went into action after that prayer and after God dropped that idea in my heart. And I put a flyer together, put it out there on social media. And it just took off. Wow. So you got the virtual summer camp, virtual summer camp, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So how often do you do the virtual summer camp classes? How, how does it work? So the virtual summer camp will be um, every Tuesday in May. So it's the spinoff of the first class that we did. Um, so I added more classes because the first class we ended up having 131 students Wow. to, um, to join the class and they were all different ages so what I decided to do for the summer camp is break it up into age groups so we'll have 5 to 9 10 to 15 and then 16 and up and also it'll be divided into um, groups of 25 and that way I can give kids um, even more one-on-one -on -one, um, engagement and they'll have, like, that community. Because one thing about kids not being in school, they're missing being around their peers. Yes, they are. And yes. So, <laughs> you know, that for four weeks, they'll get to see, for the most part, the same group of kids. And they'll be able to build a community um, with each other during that time. And it'll give parents something different for their kids to do. And so I haven't determined the time just yet because everybody is in a different time zone. Yeah. So, um, but it'll it'll be every Tuesday, um, every Tuesday in the month of May, anywhere from thirty to ninety minutes, depending on each age group, and each class will be limited to twenty five students. And we're gonna we're gonna have four different. They'll have four different recipes. We're gonna be making things from scratch, and mm. they'll be learning about kitchen safety and. Um, cleanliness and things like that um it'll be just a fun fun hour out of their day and something that they can look forward to um during the month of may yeah <clears throat> and you know what kids they really are you know interested in baking i've noticed that with my my two boys like you know, if they if they don't do anything else with cooking, they aren't ready to make them cookies now. They they ready to do mm -hmm. some baking. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and there are so many lessons in that they're learning about reading while they're you know looking at the recipe and comprehension, understanding what they're supposed to be doing. It's math in there. There's science in there. 
Um, and because we're doing the Zoom, they're getting a, they're able to ask questions. So it's helping them with their speech. And mm-hmm. um, it, it has so many academic standards in there as well. And that's important to me because I remember as a teacher, we had to do lesson plans. We couldn't just get up there and teach anything. Right, um, right. You know, we had lesson plans to follow. We had standards to hit. And so parents can, you know, even rest assured that during this time, their kids are going to be learning something even during the summer months. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I, I think that your virtual summer camp is great. I'm, I'm going to sign up my boys for it as okay. well. So I'll be looking forward to your information yes. um, when you put it, put it online, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Wonderful. Now, just talking with you, Megan, and listening to your story, something there resonates with me is that you are very grounded spiritually you have a relationship with you know God and you know I know you lean on him when you know you need to make difficult decisions now how important is your faith uh to you Megan it's extremely important um I I owe my faith and my foundation in my faith to my father. Um, my father has been a minister my entire life and okay. grandfather as well. So I was introduced uh, to God long, a long time ago. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you get to be an adult and you find out for yourself Um how good God is, and and so my faith is very important. It has gotten me through some tough seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, just being a single parent alone, um, and and just having that, having my faith helped me to get through so many different um, seasons and storms and obstacles. Um, in and out of different careers, um, my faith has helped me. You know, whenever there's a lot of changes, you need something that's constant. Mm -hmm. And so God has been my constant through, because with raising a child, if I worked a job and it wasn't conducive with her schedule, I had to move on. You know, I wanted to make sure that I was always available to her um, when she got out of school and and different things like that. So I I moved around a lot, but Mm -hmm. God was always um, my constant. And uh, my faith is also important because it has been able to, I've been able to show my daughter how to stand. Mm-hmm. And now she can she can go off to college. And when things are um, rough, classes are rough, you know, friendships come and go, whatever, she can, you know, depend on her faith. And she can reflect on the fact that I've, I've seen my mom go through so many things, but she kept her faith in God. And if she can do it, I can do it, you know, so. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Megan, you are indeed amazing. Keep up the thank great you. work. Uh, I want to thank you once again for joining me on the Verbally Effective Podcast. Can you let the Verbally Effective Podcast audience know how they can keep up with the wonderful things that you are doing? Give us your social media handles, your websites. Give us all that good stuff. Awesome, and thank you again for having me. I am on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter 
for Goodness Gracious Cookies. If you do a search for Goodness Gracious Cookies on Facebook and Instagram, um, you will find those pages there. You can find me on Twitter. The handle is Cookies. That's G-G-L-U-X-E Cookies. And the website is Cookies. G-G is in Goodness Gracious. L-U-X cookies with an S dot com gglucktookies.com you can find more information about the camp on our Facebook page on Instagram on the website um, you can also find my personal um, page on Facebook under Megan Motley M-E-G-A-N M-O-T-T-L-E-Y inbox me on any of those platforms when you go to the website there's a virtual assistant that can answer any questions about the camp. So um, once we reopen, you'll be able to order cookies from the website. Um, but for now, you can just sign your kids up for the virtual um, summer camp for kids until we, we get back rolling with the fresh baked cookies and frozen cookie dough. <laughs> yes, yes. Look, we'll get back open real soon. I have a feeling. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Megan. You keep up the wonderful things that you are doing, and I appreciate you. you for joining me today for Verbally Effective. Thank you again for having me. You're welcome. <laughs>